Welcome to Finish Lines and Milestones with Allie Brettnacher. Incredible stories and tales of triumphs with everyday people achieving their goals in fitness. This podcast brought to you by Athlete Bouquets. Celebrate finish lines and milestones of the people that you love by visiting athletebouquets.com. Thank you to my friend Rachel for that wonderful introduction. She is on the radio up in Grand Rapids. I am your host, Allie Brettnacher, and welcome to episode nine of Finish Lines and Milestones. Speaking of radio, my guest this week used to be on the radio himself, which is probably why he was so good at this. Although we didn't actually talk about his time in radio, Larry Koblenz and I talk about, as the title of this podcast may suggest, punk rock music, tattoos, colored hair, among other things, um, one of the most impressive being that Larry is almost three years sober. So we talk about how he got into running run and run specialty, which is how we met, and a bunch of other stuff. So enjoy this conversation with Larry. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Finish Lines and Milestones. I am here with Larry. Larry, how do you say your last name? Koblenz. Koblenz. Yeah, it's German. Oh, mine too. Brett Knocker. Yours a little more aggressively German than mine. It's true. But <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> but that's the German language for you. Uh, yes. So Larry is wearing his Fleet Feet shirt. I'm sure in honor of how we met. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, I will be honest. I didn't think you liked me the first time we met. I didn't. That's not a shock to me. <laughs> Just, no, I, well... You were really stressed the first time I met you. I was. We were a little short-staffed, and things were going 100 miles an hour, but um, we got that sorted out, and I think... Now we're friends. No, now I really like you, just so clear. No, same, and I'm here. I'm in the top 10. Top 10. Top 10. Yeah, you are. So uh, that's, you know, that's an accomplishment. Absolutely, for the 10 people that listen. Well... We can, we'll do what we can to make this a great episode okay. to get more people to listen. Perfect. We will. So, so Larry and I met at Fleet Feet. And for those of you who do not know, who are in the running world and live under a rock, Fleet Feet is the largest run specialty store in the world or in the United States? In the world. Um, yeah. We have a very strong presence. Um, I want to say upwards of like 250 stores between company-owned stores and franchise stores. So yeah, it's it's a wonderfully large, beautiful community of like-minded individuals. Yes, and I worked there for part-time for a year, loved it. Uh, although I recently left mainly just to have more time in the summer and do this and whatever else. But who knows? I never say never. I may be back at some point, but. Um, I learned so much from Larry. Larry knows so much about running shoes that you will... We can talk about that later because we don't want to... Yeah, um, that might be a whole episode in and of itself. Oh my goodness, yeah. It could Um, be. That is actually what got me into running were the shoes. Really? Not running at all. Hated it. Still kind of not loving it. (laughs) Um, That first mile is always like, oh, what am I doing? Uh, but the shoes, man, that was that was where it was at for me. The shoes. Okay, so back back it up. Are you from Indy? Are you Not from originally. Indiana? So Richmond, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Um, went to high school in Richmond most of my life there, and then moved to Indy in 2010. Um, okay. My now wife, girlfriend at the time, was going to IUPUI for education. Mm-hmm. Um, so moved over here. Nice. Yeah. And what, so did you grow up running at all? You hated running? Did you play sports when you were a kid? Um, Any of that? Yeah, so I did play sports. I played soccer for like two seasons, mm-hmm. but baseball was the sport of choice for me. Okay. Um, and running in baseball is a punishment. So anytime you had to run more than, say, from first to second or, you know, first to third, it was brutal. It was awful. Um, because it was just a punishment. Go run foul poles. Um, oh. Awful. Yeah. That's how I felt about soccer a little bit growing up, is that I hated the, like, I mean, soccer you run a lot, but I yeah. hated the 
like running part of soccer where you had to like get into conditioned shape to play soccer. I just wanted to play. Yeah, and <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm surprised that like some famous Premier League soccer player or something hasn't gone out and done a marathon and done really, really well because right. I think there's translation there. Um, just the the aerobic endurance part of it has to be through the roof for those guys. Yeah, for sure. Because you run like, I don't know how many miles during a soccer game. Anyway. Um, okay, so the running shoes. What intrigued you about running shoes? You know, like a lot of people, you know, Nike was kind of my first foray into running shoes and at the time they were just like on the precipice of coming out with like the the original four percent um so they were doing really good things with different textile uppers so fly knit was becoming more and more popular and in use um so they were just making really cool looking shoes and i think one of the one of the first pairs that i had that was one of my favorites was like a brightly colored kind of rainbowy looking fly knit um, Nike free. Okay. Um, so not the greatest running shoe, but like I loved it until I was out for a run and a piece of mulch went through the bottom of the shoe into my foot. Um, so I retired those pretty shortly after. Oh. But that was like the first, um, you know, I just, the shoes for me, and still is, you know, I've got a, a pretty decent collection at oh this boy. point. Oh, um, boy. What is pretty decent? Uh, right now, like, upwards of 35 pairs of okay. shoes that I run in. But um, they're a mixture of kind of, you know, Alpha Flies, Vapor Flies, mm-hmm. you know, super shoes, as it All were. All the flies. Yeah. And the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so wait, 35 right now that you rota- are rotating running through. Yep. So how many do you have? Do you have a closet? How do you organize those? Um, so right now they are organized. I bought some little storage boxes. They're okay. clear. They look like little lockers for Aww. your shoes. So I have those kind of stacked up um, okay. neatly on display in a spare bedroom. So like one pair per box? Yep. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see a picture of that. Yeah, well, I have one. Okay, I will. Let's. I want to see that. Okay, so thirty-five pairs you run in, and then others are on display. And then, do you donate old pairs too? Yep. So I have them just in a tub right now, and my intent is is to work with um, some local high schools for you know kids that may be in need but not in a spot to spend a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars on a pair of running shoes. But let's yeah. get them something good. And I would rather they go to somebody in need or somebody that's going to use them. I give a lot away. I, I've given some to staff members because mm-hmm. I don't run, you know, I don't do three to five hundred miles. I get to about a hundred miles in a pair of shoes and usually I'm like, mm, I'm bored. Let's get yeah. something new. Get a new color, color yeah. way. There's a lot of jargon that I've learned now through working at a running store. Like you've already mentioned upper, which is like basically the upper part of the shoe. Right. That makes sense. Um, colorway is what they call the color. So it's not a color of a shoe, it's the colorway. Yep. And then what other, uh, then give us some more I mean, buzzwords. you got the midsole. Midsole. Um, you've got the outsole. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. you got the eyelets which is the little holes where the laces go through. Yeah. I learned well, that. Another one that blows people's mind is heel lock lacing or the runner's oh, knot. Oh, right. That is, a, that is an interesting trick if you've never tried it. If you have any heel slippage, just Google runner's knot. Yeah, and there's plenty of videos out there on YouTube yeah. that can walk you through it as well. And then from Whitney that was on, oh, yeah. on the podcast earlier, I learned several different lacing techniques from her mm-hmm. as far as relieving pressure on the top of the foot and, and that sort of thing. I use so. that because I have a really high instep, which means, I don't know, your foot takes up a lot of the shoe. Yeah. A fat foot, a high foot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, my feet are relatively normal, except for my toes. Uh, I mean, if you're a runner, you probably have toe issues, let's be yeah, real. Yeah, I know. I have finger toes. My middle toe is the longest toe. Same. That's weird. Really? Same. Yep. Well, finger, to, finger toe friends. Yay. <laughs> so the shoes, how long have you been in the Fleet Feet, like the world of running specialty? So I started in September of 21. Okay. Um... 
I previously had spent a decade in craft beer distribution um, in operations management. I left that um, and took a job with another warehousing company, but it was garage doors. um, So nothing like really... It, it was very mindless. It was, it was, you know, a little stressful, but fairly mindless. Um, they had gotten shut down just kind of, we'll, we'll blame COVID, um, but it really, you know, was kind of past the brunt of the whole, what was really happening with COVID. It was more supply chain um, driven. Okay. And I had been walking around the house for a while, just saying, I wish I had my own running store. I wish I could own a running store and saw the opportunity. And at the time it was Jackrabbit. Um, and I saw a job posting and I was like, you know, if I were the manager of a running store, I could essentially have my own running store, but not the financial right, burden, st- of burden right? The stresses yeah. that come with that. So um, I applied and, you know, interviewed and got hired as the manager of the Broad Ripple location. And Shortly after, we got bought out by Fleet Feet, and here we are now. And so I managed the Broad Ripple store for just almost a full year, and then I moved to the Carmel location. Um, and now here since March, I've been the marketing director. Yeah. Um, before we talk about that, because I actually want to hear more about what that what you're doing now because I don't know um but when we first met we joked at the beginning like you're like I didn't think you liked me and I was like I didn't because you were so stressed out Mm -hmm. the life of a running store manager just for anybody who shops at run specialty which you should and not online because you have to really go in and truly get fit for a shoe that is meant for you not just a brand that other people are wearing um but There was, like, all the college kids had just gone back to school. There's, like, only a handful of employees in the store. It's really hard to find reliable people in retail, certainly. And, yeah, you were working, like, nonstop, like, no days off. Yeah, seven days a week for, like, the first three or four weeks that I was there. And, you know, very grateful there were some employees that really stepped up and and were willing to help. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you got to know me a little bit better... um, you know, you definitely were a big part of that. Like, hey, you know, if you need help, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was tough at first. I mean, you're yeah. coming into a situation where it's a it's a high-volume store, and all of a sudden you don't have staff, but, like, it's still August. It's the busiest month in run specialty, really, truly, is, is August. And, you know, it was crazy for that first month that I was there. But great, like a good kind of crazy. It's just, it's easy to let your guard down um, when you're in the back room and, mm-hmm. you know, let that stress out because you don't get to do that when you're out on the sales floor. Yeah. Well, I just thought you hated me. I remember Whitney and I'd be like, is Larry mad at me? Did I do something to make Larry mad? And then we just realized we're just making this up as, you know, I think that's a women tendency too. It's like if somebody like says something where you're like, oh, they hate me and now they're mad at me and I haven't talked to you in an hour. So clearly it's got to be me. Yeah, and that, you know, we won't delve into the societal norms that that play out for women. Um, I sometimes I'm not the best at letting people know that, hey, it is not you. This is me. I'm dealing with my own things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of a man thing. Well, we'll we'll, we'll gloss over that. We're going to get out of that. You're not wrong. Absolutely. And, you know, trying to practice a little bit more mindfulness. I think I've gotten a little bit better in the year that is almost, you know, come since then. But yeah, it's always an ongoing battle. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So now you're the marketing director. Yeah. And this is a new role that was kind of created. It was. um, So it exists in the Fleet Feet world. Um, It just did not exist for us. For all intents and purposes, while Jackrabbit and Fleet Feet existed in the same space, they operated very differently. Fleet Feet is more like, hey, let's do a little bit of grassroots. Let's get somebody out there. Let's make a face to events and partnerships. Mm -hmm. And so that's now essentially what I am. So um, looking to bring people in, um, in the store, you know, getting out in the community a little bit more. Um, You know, we're doing 
more demo runs, we're being involved in more races in the community, we're looking for ways to kind of benefit those in need mm -hmm. or kind of that th there is a, I think to some degree, like a lot of sports, um, if you don't do it, it feels like there's a not a clear way, a clear direction to begin doing it. Um, and I relate this to like, if you start playing golf, um, <laughs> the first time you go into a golf store is overwhelming. You know, with you and I being runners and it's kind of not that way. When, when right. you go into a running store, you kind of know what you, what you need. I think people that work in run specialty make the worst run specialty customers because we already know what we want. We know what we need. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a process to it and it's, it can be intimidating. So finding ways that we can kind of ease that for people. Right. Um, one of the things that we will be doing here very soon is make it a mile. So um, like whether that. you want to be able to walk a mile, mm -hmm. run a mile, or a combination thereof, that's, that's what we want to do. So we want to bring people in that, that are truly new to the sport and have them fall in love with it. Um, you know, I think that there is an underserved segment of the, the community that wants to be involved more, be more active. Mm -hmm. So how do we reach them? Right. So we make it a little more inclusive. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like, I, I, think it's, I think it's really easy to carry the latest and the greatest and the best and go after that established runner, right? Like those, those folks, again, they also know what they want, what mm -hmm. they need, how much they're willing to spend, the benefits of a super shoe or, you know, a multi-shoe rotation or um, socks and soles, that sort of thing. But let's educate those that don't and give them an opportunity to experience the, the love and the joy that comes from being outside and running. Whether, whether you're running a 14-minute mile or a five-minute mile, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. You're still out there. And, and we need to let people know that it's okay. It doesn't matter. Like you, you, your speed, nobody, yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares. You think that people care <laughs> because you see people on Strava mm -hmm. or on Instagram posting their runs and their paces, but nobody, nobody cares. Yeah, it's the best. Nobody cares. It's really, so freeing. It is. If you run, you're a runner. Right, exactly. And for a long time, I struggled with it. If I was out yeah. on a run, you know, oh, they saw me walking. I'm, oh, now I I'm, am, they think I'm in bomb that yeah, I can't I'm do not anything. a real runner now. But then, then you realize <laughs> right. it's like, you don't, they don't know. I could just be finishing 30 miles. I know, yeah. They don't know. They don't care. And they, yeah, they couldn't care less. I have never had one negative thought about anybody I've seen out walking, walking. or yeah. running. It's always, man, I wish I could be doing that right now. Right, yeah. It's just so funny how you get like that. Totally. And so mm -hmm. it's all relative, too, because people will be like, oh, I'm not very fast. Well, okay, like, it's, but it's all relative. Yeah. Age. I mean, it's just so crazy how people. And for running, like too, you, you think everybody can run. At, at some point, everybody has run around, whether it be a little kid or not. But there yeah. is still some natural talent that goes into. So even trying to judge somebody that, you know, on paper, height, weight, fitness level, everything looks the yeah. same. One person could be ridiculously faster than the other. And it's just down to natural talent. Yeah. Um, you know, I was out with some guys running a couple weeks ago uh, as part of kind of work-related activities. We did a track day, and I'm running with um, kind of local legend John Muscari. Oh, yeah, the um, Cure Curex. Shout out to Curex. Um, you know, one of the guys that works for Curex is like a three-time Olympic trials guy. And so he goes fast. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I set a PR in the 400. And I should be ecstatic about that. But I look at that time and I think, well, that's what Steven did. In, he ran like four laps in that Well, <laughs> his 800 time is faster than my 400 time. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous speed. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they were so excited when I told them that I had a PR. They, You know, it was... Yeah. They didn't care. And that's what makes the running community great. So and that's great. what Fleet Feet, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like, that's what we want. We want to celebrate everybody yeah. uh, in their running accomplishments. And it doesn't matter. Right. And I love really the doesn't. tagline that Fleet Feet has, too. Running changes everything. 
Yeah. Because it really does. I think people, and I actually, I know at least my neighbor told me she listens to this. She doesn't run. She's just like, I don't know why, Sarah. I don't know why you listen, but but I appreciate it. And I just love the idea that I hope somebody listening is like, I'm not really a runner. And it's like, no, you are. And you should just, you got to start somewhere. How the hell are you otherwise going to ever get anywhere? Yeah, exactly. And you're right. You have to start somewhere. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I'm going to run for as long as I can. And maybe that's 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then you have to walk. Yeah. You you will get better with anything. It just, it takes practice. And running is not easy, regardless of what it looks like on TV um, or people posting on Instagram. It is not easy. It is, Mm -hmm. it is not just physically hard. It is mentally hard. Um, My run last night was one of the hardest, easy runs I've had in a long time. And, you know, if I really think about it, I had eaten a big dinner. It was 800 degrees. It was very hot. Um, (laughs) There are so many factors that go into it. And there's no point in being discouraged Mm -hmm. because of it. Like, you still went out, still did four miles. Better than no miles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, So in this topic, what, what advice would you give a beginner runner or maybe somebody who's run before but they don't really know anything about like what they need, like what would you say to that person? Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you this maybe goes against kind of the ethos, but you don't need to spend a ton of money on shoes. I think getting properly fitted mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Don't be afraid to, you know, depending on your budget, like maybe shopping from the sale area is is good for you. Those shoes were good last year. Just because they're a year old doesn't make them not yeah, good shoes. Yeah, it just means yeah. that they've been updated to some degree. Yeah. Um, but getting fit properly for mm-hmm. shoes, most people wear the incorrect shoe size. I did for a very long time. Um, and I tell people that come into the store this. Um, I wore like a nine, nine and a half. I am an 11. That's a big difference. Wow. Um, yeah. But I think to some degree we think, our gloves fit tightly, our socks fit right. tightly, our shoes should fit tightly. Yeah. And that's going to loosen case. up. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they don't. They uh, don't. Modern materials don't have that break-in period anymore. Um, we're using a lot of um, woven or kind of um, manufactured um, mesh or even 3D printed with, with mm. string and things like that. So there's not a lot of give and stretch, and that's on purpose because you don't want a shoe loosening up as you run, you want it to stay tightly tied and snug around your foot, but you still need room to wiggle mm-hmm. your toes um, and and be able to have your foot splay out. That's, that's how your body cushions itself, your arch being able to flex and your foot spreading out. Um, so if you're not doing those things, um, that's going to lead to pain, lead to injury that can be avoided. Mm-hmm. So getting properly fit, I think, is is number one. And number two, just until you feel comfortable with being able to run, whether that be for a set amount of time or a set distance, kind of stay away from poking around and peeking at what other people are doing. It can be very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this way, you know, there was somebody that I was friends with that was new to running and, you know, they're going out and all of a sudden they're they're faster than me. Like they just started running. I've been running for how long? <laughs> But then all, you start to look at it and he's like, well, they, they are like 12 years younger than me and they also do more things that would be considered cross training, right. yeah. um, which I do zero of. Oh. Um, so, you know, it's you can really, really bum yourself out and get discouraged and not mm-hmm. want to go out and do things when you when you put that much pressure on yourself. So yeah. do it for yourself. And, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, getting into running to lose weight is the wrong reason. It's not. As long as you're doing it healthy. That's the other thing that came from this for me was, yeah, I like the shoes. um, But I also found that I lost weight. And it's like, man, I kind of like that aspect of it, too. Yeah, I, I run. I mean, I run for a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons I run is that I don't have to care as much about what I eat. Yeah. Like I'm not a slob by any means, but I, you know, I eat fairly healthy, but I don't want to have to 
like worry about that. Be like, oh, should I have this pizza? You know, yeah. and who cares anyway? You can have the pizza even if you're not. Yeah, but, but I just want to be healthy, and so I think that helps me feel more well-rounded as a result. I think yeah. for me, it's not. It's more about like just maintaining, which I have been doing. Like having two kids and being able to just maintain is a pretty big win. Yeah, huge win. Um, yeah. and for you, finding time to continue to run with two kids, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of people, and we we see customers that. Well, I'm just getting back into running. Yeah. You know, I had two kids, and then you really start chatting with them, and they haven't run in like 10, 11 years. Right. Um, so for you to still have two young kids mm-hmm. and out running, that's that's great. But I think that's the the power of running, right? Um, yeah. You can still do it. You can still find time. Yep. So you have been a runner for how long then? I would say really since probably 2017, 2017. kind of dabbling in it. Didn't really kind of jump in until 2019. In reality, I started dabbling with sobriety and came across uh, kind of an online group called Running Punks. based in the UK, um, founded by two guys that were kind of like-minded in, in their love of music. Um, one was uh, a professional runner for Great Britain, Jimmy Watkins. Oh. At one point, I think he was like the fastest Welshman in the 800. Um, and um, Rodri Morgan, um, they met kind of during a marathon, they were they had been friends previously, kind of re-met up during a marathon, um, but got together and kind of formed this, the, you know, idea of the running punks. And at the end of the day, it was like they just wanted some cool stuff to wear. But now it's grown into this global, like-minded community of people that want inclusion, um, love running, love music, and... Um, you know, I have friends kind of all over the place now because of it. And, you know, I talk with a lot of people just on Instagram, gotten to know them through this running community of mm-hmm. running punks. And is that um, where you first found it was Instagram or is it, yep. do they have Facebook? Um, like, so it really it was like Instagram. Okay. Um, I saw it from another guy that I followed, Colin McCourt, who uh, some people may be familiar with his story. He was a, also a runner for Great Britain. Um, but after leaving running, got, you know, gained a bunch of weight. Then his buddies bet him, you know, like a really crappy tattoo or something that he couldn't get in shape to run a sub 15 minute um, 5K. Um, so he kind of got back into shape. So his story was kind of really cool. But um, I saw on his Instagram, he had a running punks mug. And I was like, what's the running punks? Because I like punk music and <laughs> I like running. What is this all about? So kind of just finding them that way a little yeah. more organically. They, It's not like they they promote their their clothing and things like that it's available to purchase and it's more for the the members we'll call it like really to be a member all you got to do is post a run and tag running punks um you don't have to buy anything you don't have to spend any money you just you want to be a running punk be a running punk the biggest thing is is you've got to be respectful of others um you know there is a big movement to um you know not harassing women, especially out on your run, mm-hmm. um, you know. So there's a lot of things like that 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 I think are, A, important to be a good human. Yes. Um, but more so, like, that's, that's just what the running punks are. Like, let's enjoy some really cool music and go for runs. That's cool. Do they do any events as running punks? So, again, it started out all virtually. Yeah. Um, so meetups were kind of not a thing, I think, because, again, it, they really took off during COVID. So mm. we did uh, virtual run clubs on Sundays. So really, you go ru- run by yourself and post your run, and then they compiled the pictures and oh, would cool. repost them. Yeah. Um, 
but now, yeah, we're starting to have more meetups. They're, they're, we did one, the first uh, Midwest punk meetup back oh. in January. Oh, cool. um, so we had, we had some people, a couple punks, come down from like northern Indiana, the Chicago area. There's a couple local running punks, um, you know, so kind of organized by one of the members that was originally from Indiana, but now lives in Tokyo, so she was in town and put this together, and we we went out and we just had a good time and and went for a run. Um, So it was really cool. And now there's there's a chapter in New York City um, Mm -hmm. of running punks. So I know some of the uh, English folks that come over and visit New York City have run with them. So it's really really cool. Like it's it's just really cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of community. Yeah, like. I mean, clearly that's that's what I'm trying to find here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just having like-minded people who can support you. And, you know, I, I find so much value in that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and for a long time I ran by myself mm-hmm. because the, I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to run with a group. You know, it's crazy to hear you say that. Well, um, it yeah. just, you know, I not feeling fast enough or good enough mm-hmm. but the more I run with other people especially so our, we do run club Monday nights yeah. at the the Carmel store and you know running with a lot of those folks we get a lot of uh, Carmel running club members out and you know running with them they also just don't care um, and there are plenty of people that they'll go for a walk because Monday's their rest day and yeah. then there are people okay. that are like have a certain workout in mind and they'll go run and it's still about the community and, and uplifting mm-hmm. one another. And it's like, wow, you, you can run with other people. And then, then you realize that, yeah, fast people, for the most part, they don't care. They can run slow too. Yeah. Um, you know, I read somewhere that Kipchoge starts all of his runs at like a 10 minute pace. Oh my gosh, that would just look weird to watch. Yeah. Run. So, and there was a, there was another story. Like there was a group of people down to run with uh, the team in Kenya, mm-hmm. and um, there was one lady that was rehabbing an injury and needed to run like a ten minute yeah. pace. And they were taking volunteers, and Kipchoge's the one that volunteered to run a ten minute pace with them. That's that's so cool. You know, yeah. his world record pace was like what four thirty eight a mile. So. Yeah, for so him he's to, like the greatest marathoner in the world for anybody who yeah. doesn't know that name. <laughs> um, to slow down that much, like, I, it's still about running. It's still about community. And we, yeah. I think it's easy because running is a very solitary thing. That, mm-hmm. you know, there are people that, that care not about what you're doing and more about just being a part of what yeah. you're doing. Yes, that's such a well said, well said. I want to get back to the sobriety piece, but first, because we're on the topic of running punks and we talk about punk music, I think it's a good time to point out the fact that you currently have blue hair. I do. And many tattoos. So can you tell us a little bit about the hair color changing thing and tattoos? I love, I'm so fascinated by people's tattoos. Yeah. So let's start with the hair color. Um, I, back in high school, I I dabbled in some different colors. Um, the main reason is I, I fell in love with the movie SLC Punk with Matthew Lillard. No, I um, just kind of a cool little slice of 80s punk life in like Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, but he had blue hair, and I was like, that's so cool. So I did blue <laughs> hair and like green hair in high school, um, and then just kind of got out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, for a number of reasons, it's not necessarily even to this day, like socially acceptable, at least for men, I would say to mm-hmm. have colored hair. Um, I think, think it like people see women with colored hair and it's like, oh, that's cool. Your hair's really neat. Um, <laughs> but you just don't see a lot of guys. And I yeah. think that a lot of that's the toxic masculinity. Right. Um, and then I worked in a warehouse, like. It was kind of a, a manly man's kind of, you know, again, that toxic masculinity. Yeah. So I yeah. never felt like I could. could. Yeah. Um, but now being in run specialty and kind of, you know, oh, well, she is part of Fleet Feet and she does all of our training stuff and she's got colored hair. Like, I could do colored hair. Like, I really want to. So I just did it. And it's crazy. Um 
had a couple friends that that also were that I had hired at Fleet Feet. They were getting married, and I texted texted um, both of them. I was like, "Hey, Cam and." Um, are you going to be mad if I show up at your wedding with blue hair? And both of them were like, no, do it. Please do it. Uh, so yeah. so I did it. And now I've just been doing it ever since. And we've been blue and green and purple. Yeah, and I was trying to think of the first color I saw that you had. So blue had was the, the first. first. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then I think purple was after that. And then we did pink. Um, so I've done a lot of different yeah. colors. And that was orange? Just, orange recently? Yep, orange. Yeah. Uh, that was back in like January. Um, do you have to do a specific order depending on the colors because they're like darker or lighter? No. So I do have darker natural hair, so I do have to bleach oh, it yeah. each time. Um, so my hair is kind of like a brown, like a brownish reddish color. Okay. Um, so I do bleach it and then color it. Do you do it yourself? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Haley Williams. Where do you buy this Well, stuff? so Haley Williams from Paramore okay, has yeah. a brand called Good Die Young. Um, That's amazing. (laughs) um, But and it's now available at many, many places. But, um, you know, again, being a punk rock music fan and (laughs) also being a fan of Paramore since before their first album came out. um, You know, I was like, ah, that's the hair dye for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's what I use. And it's it's cruelty free, vegan. Mm -hmm. It's very nourishing. Like I've never felt. Like, bleaching can be terrible for your hair. And I remember when I did it in high school, like, just a lot of hair breaking and just brittle. I don't feel that way with this. So it's really easy to do for yourself. You know, just apply the bleach, leave it on. Is it like, is there special bleach or is it like just straight up bleach? No, so it's a mixture. It's, It's like a powder and then like a, I don't know what it's called, but like a goopy liquid that kind of gets it ready yeah and then you you just apply it to your hair and you can put a shower cap on i just use saran wrap and (laughs) you just let it sit for half hour 40 minutes and then rinse it out let your hair dry and then go for the color that's cool well you you need to make like a how-to video the next time you change your color that'd be cool i'm interested yeah i would watch that all right. Well, yeah. maybe we'll do it for you then. Yeah, thank you. Um, my neighbor, actually the one who mentioned that she listens, her daughter Quinn just dyed her hair this like beautiful fuchsia color. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. I wonder what she used. I don't know. But yeah. I highly recommend it. it life's more fun with colored hair. Colored hair. Yeah. And then the tattoos. Yeah. So what's so, your newest? Is that one your newest? Yeah. Your so thigh? my thigh um, is, is the newest. I got that in August of last year. Okay. I think. Um so, yeah, it started with um, my first one was the Gemini constellation. I got it shortly after my grandmother passed because that was her um, astrological sign. She was a Gemini. So I got that. Um, definitely was of the mindset, like, it's got to mean something. Mm-hmm. It's got to be important to you. But then you get that first one. It's like, hmm, I liked that. That was, a, <laughs> that was fun. Um, so you kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, so, and then got some mountains on my other arm and got a paper airplane and then we got some flowers and a pinup <laughs> and yeah. So, um, I found an artist in Nashville, um, Tennessee that, uh, really like English Cousins is her name. Mm. Um, so cool name for a really cool individual who does really good art and is a really good artist. But um, my last two tattoos have gotten at different conventions, which is oh. a wild way to get tattooed. At a tattoo convention? Yep. So what? So think of in the running world, you go to the expo for oh a marathon. Yeah. It's booths set up with different tattoo, tattoo artists, artists and you just get tattooed in a booth with people walking around and stopping to watch your artist work. It's, I think it's a really cool way to that's get actually, tattooed. That's really neat. Um, when you go into a shop, it's very quiet and maybe they have music playing, mm-hmm. but it's, a, it's definitely an intimate feeling, um, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I like, getting tattooed at conventions she's been she was in chicago um a few years ago and then this past year she was in the fort wayne 
okay. uh, tattoo convention. And what's really cool, the, the shop that she works at in Nashville, um, Safe House Tattoo, the owner, Ian, is also a big runner. So while she's tattooing my leg, I sat and we talked about running Oh, that would be together. a great distraction. Yeah, so we I just, would love that. For like an hour, we talked yeah. about running. Um, yeah. So it was really, really cool. That is cool. How many tattoos do you have total? Um, what? One, two, three, four, five, six at the moment. Six? I've got okay. another one scheduled for um, September. Okay. Is that going to be in Nashville or at a convention? Nope. So I'm going to a different artist, actually. Huh? His shop's in um, Louisville. Cool. Um, do you just find him on Instagram? Or? Yeah, and, and I've got a friend. She's gotten a couple tattoos from him and kind of turned me on to his artwork. Um he does a lot of like single needle stuff, more the good kind of fine line tattoos, yeah. not the the real trendy kind. I think um, yeah. he's just a much higher quality artist than I'll, you know, and not to, I want to talk bad about anybody, but fine line tattoo has become very much kind of what all Instagram people want to get because they look really cool, but they don't always keep the best. Yeah. Um, he does his really, really well, more traditionally single needle. Um, so he's got some really cool, like Western themed stuff, stuff that I really, really like. He does like dead cowboys and stuff mm. like that. It's just really cool kind of vibe to what he does. And he's also a really good human being and, um, so I'm, I'm really excited to go down and see him. Nice. I don't even remember the names of the people that did my tattoos because mine took like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, because I got this one. Yeah. On my foot that says Allie in Thai or asshole. That's always my joke. Like it might say Allie, it might say asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Except when Zach actually made me put my foot on the table at a Thai restaurant. And she was like, Ally? No. Okay. That's, that. yeah. That's how you okay. spell my name. Perfect. And now I have some temporary tattoo I remnants on my arm, a bunch of strawberries, and what was a soccer ball. I was trying to scrub them off yesterday because I just didn't, obviously didn't try very hard. <laughs> and then I have Zach and Sydney's name on my forearm. Which I remember when you showed me that. I thought that that was the coolest because that is in their handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really cool to me. Thanks. Um, you know, so I yeah. always really liked that one. Yeah, so we'll see. And I told Zach, he obviously can't leave me now because I have his name. Or I'll have well, to find another Zach. Zach it's just right? another Zach. And then, and then Sloane's got to learn how to write her name. And I'll probably get something for Doug when he gets my dog, who is nine. Probably get something for him at some point. Yeah. But I love Whitney's, um, who is, again, on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Her tattoos, um, the cardinal and, like, yeah. the pine. And that one is done really, really well. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Great artwork there. Yeah, so um, I'm intrigued by some of I, Those are much bigger, obviously, than, the, like, the little black tattoos that I have. So, But it's something that I, I've thought about. Yeah. So we shall see. I think the best advice I can give somebody that is looking to get a tattoo is, sure, maybe you have something in mind that you want. I think the best thing to do is find an artist that does the type of thing mm -hmm. you want because you're going to have a better experience and a better tattoo. Yeah, um, that's good advice. I just stumbled upon English. She had just not too long before had moved to Nashville, so she didn't have a lot of clients. And my first tattoo from her was a paper airplane that took no time at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I have since told her, I was like, I feel really bad. Like, my first tattoo from you was so, like, <laughs> I don't, like I don't want to say anybody could do yeah. it, but, like, yeah, it just, wasn't... it didn't take very long at all. Yeah. Um, but find an artist that you like their artwork mm -hmm. and let them do their artwork. Um, you know, just have it fit kind of your vibe, what you, like, yeah. what you like, but let them do their artwork. I'm a huge fan of, like, doing the artist's flash tattoo as well because that's stuff that they want to do, and they're going to put more time into it, and they're going to do a better job for you. Mm. Um, you know, the the one I got on my leg, and, and she was like, yeah, I don't normally let people come to 
conventions without an idea in mind, but I've tattooed you enough that... I know what you like. Yeah, and so I just showed up, but we not, had talked so nothing crazy. about it. And yeah, it was it's just so like, cool. you know what, I'll do that. That looks really cool. Yeah, she's like, the okay, colors cool. are amazing, too. Yeah, uh, very bright, lots of oranges and yeah. reds and greens. Um, so, you know, yeah, just find an artist, fall in love with their artwork, and then let them do that. Um, I think that that, you know, you don't need a reason to get a tattoo other than wanting to care around artwork. Yeah, that's good. Now, uh, I'm going to try to make this a segue into sobriety, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Did you ever get any tattoos while you were drunk? No. That's good. Um, in fact, good artists should never tattoo you if you've been drinking. <laughs> if you've been drinking. Um, I bet they won't. They'd it, be like, no. It, it still happens, but yeah. they should not um, because you'll bleed more and it's just not, oh. it won't be a good experience. Yeah, um, for anyone. But no, that was not one of the dumb things I did while drinking, thankfully. Um, but yeah, so again, along with the running punks, uh, I, I remember... And I don't know how I remember because I drink a lot. But the last day I drank, I went out and did a five-mile run. And I think it was the first time I had felt comfortable posting on Instagram in my Running Punks shirt. I didn't really use Instagram much back then. Um, but it was the first time I felt comfortable posting to Instagram. So I... Went out, five-mile run, posted about running bunks, and then I spent the rest of the day drinking um, lots and lots of beer. Um, woke up the next day with the worst hangover I've ever had. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I had, I had dabbled in it before. I had tried to quit and always like, oh, just it's okay. I'll just have a beer with dinner. But that always just led to more and more. And yeah. then, you know, depression, anxiety, those things kind of make you feel like you want to drink. But drinking also makes, makes those worse. things worse. Yeah, so weird. Um, so it's a double-edged yeah. sword. It, it's a lose-lose battle. And nothing against the people that can go out and have a beer or mm -hmm. half a beer with dinner like that's great. I, I can't do that. Yeah. It turns into 12 beers on a Tuesday night um, yeah. very, very quickly for me. Um, but Jimmy, um, who's one of the founders of Running Punks, as I said, he had recently, um, I want to say he's like mm, six or eight months ahead of me in his sobriety. Um, he had recently quit drinking. And so it's like, you know what, if, if he can do it, you know, I can do it. And um, so, yeah, I'm coming up on three years in July of being so sober, um, which is which is crazy because, you know, I worked in craft beer. And right. so your life, like you have a company meeting, there's beer in the corner, like help yourself or uh, yeah. going on a work trip. It's to a brewery. So you're going to drink. Um, so it becomes very normal. It becomes like a part of your life. But yeah. that carries over into to other areas and then mm. you just it's it's not a good thing um for me yeah again those that can control it like good on you yeah um it's just not not in my realm um which again kind of you know i i would say i've replaced the one addiction with something different that sure. being you know yeah. now i buy too many running shoes um <laughs> You know, but I think just having that addictive personality and, and dealing with mental health, drinking is not where it's at for me. So, yeah, um, getting sober is one of the best things that, that I could have done for myself. And frankly, you know, drinking a lot leads to eating a lot. I was, before I really started running, I was like 230 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I fluctuate now a little bit, but I've not been more than 200 pounds in quite some time. And again, not to make weight the whole end-all be-all, there's plenty of people lighter and heavier that are running just as much or, or more and faster and all of that, or you know, playing sports. Like That's not the end-all be-all for everybody, but for me, it was, you know, feeling good about myself mm -hmm. um, plays a lot into it. And just having your wits, you know, again, 
you do less dumb things when you're not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. How did you stop? I just quit. I, I, you know, some people need to do AA and right. that's great if that, if that's what they need to help them. Like I encourage that. But, um, typically if I'm really set in doing something, I'm very, very stubborn in that regard. Mm. I, I will just quit. So I just quit. And I was like, I'm just not doing this anymore. And when did you get, cause you've showed me like the number, you keep track of the number mm-hmm. of days. Mm-hmm. And so what is that? Is that an app? Did yeah, you it's like... uh, and I think it's an app that is used a lot in Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Um, the app is called I Am Sober. Okay. Um, and it it's to help you in your journey. Um, I think there's a social element to it, potentially. I've not really played around with it. I was just more curious, like, how, how long days? has it been? Yeah. I'd like to see that number. Um, I think it's really cool. You know, so... I had a buddy that sent me a screenshot of like his sobriety mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, what app is that? So I downloaded that yeah. just to use. I think I was, you know, three months in at that point or so when I got the app, but now I just keep it because it's a nice little reminder yeah. and I don't get a lot of like, Oh, I really want to drink. It's, it's kind of normal to me at this point. I yeah. don't crave it. There, there are occasions where it'd be like, man, a nice cold beer would be good yeah. right now. But it's not, it's not the same, like, Oh, I had a long day. I really need to yeah. drink. Yeah. Um, it's just, sometimes it's nice to pop that open and it's a nice little reminder, like, Hey, you've come a really like long way. Over a thousand days. Yeah. Um, well over probably now. Yeah, I, um, I knew the number because I looked at it last night, but I don't remember. It's like a thousand forty-six, I think, is the is yeah. the number. So, yeah, that's like now at this point, it's like I don't want to. Yeah, you're not gonna reset that. that. Yeah, exactly. No that's crazy. To yeah. Me. Do you um, do you ever drink non-alcoholic beer? I do. Um, not super often. Uh, the latest one that I've, I've actually really really like, I saw. I think on an Instagram ad, Rick's near beer. Oh, um, I haven't heard of that brand. It's relatively new. What I what really was kind of the the push for me to go ahead and buy it is you can buy it fairly inexpensively by the six pack. You don't have to buy a full case. Okay, yeah. Um, which a lot of places you can buy by the six pack, but there it's fairly expensive. Yeah. Usually, non-alcoholic beer sits again. Things you know when you work in the industry, right. they'll sit there forever and they're hops, uh, you know, that are used in all beer making tend to kind of fall out what we call in the in the beer industry. So they taste not so great. great yeah. um, so uh, that's something I've retained from the beer industry is mm-hmm. a little bit of that snobbishness when it comes yeah. to the to the taste. So if you can buy from them directly you get a little bit better um quality at the time just because it's a little fresher but um athletic brewing makes some really really good non-alcoholic stuff and they do a lot more um styles than i think other people um it's just hard to find fresh around here it's still not super popular it's non-alcoholic cocktails and beer and all that Mm -hmm. is much more popular overseas there yeah. are full bars, quote unquote, yeah. dedicated to non-alcoholics. Um, so you still have that experience of like, hey, I want to, I want to have a fun drink. I don't want to just drink water. Right. Um, right now in the United States, like, it's hard to. I, and I get it. It's a brewery. I'm not going to name the brewery, but I asked if they had any non-alcoholics, yeah. and kind of somewhat condescendingly, oh, the, the waiter was like, "Well, we have Pepsi," and it's like, bro. <laughs> Seriously, right now? It's not even Coke. It's fucking Pepsi. Um, no. Like, bro, I said, <laughs> no. do you have non-alcoholic beer and you're giving me this answer? A, a no. no would have sufficed. Yeah. First of all. Like, I'm sorry. No, we don't, um, sir. It's hard to, to get a non-alcoholic. Heineken's done really well with their their zero proof. Yeah, I like it. It tastes um, like Heineken. Yeah, so it, like it really does. So, you know, I, th- I think it's a little more available. Budweiser isn't, even has one, but, you know... I don't drink it often, but the Rick's near beer, I, I tastes really good. Yeah, Sam Adams has an IPA that's pretty decent, actually, now. Okay. It's I've, newer. I've not tried that one. So I have started to dabble, not with completely cutting out drinking, but, like, my husband and I, especially during COVID, it just was, like, a habit. Like, every, every mm-hmm. day was fucking hard. We had a little girl, and we're trying to work, and it was just 
we just felt like, oh, we need to have an outlet, right? And yeah. so we just like, oh, we drink wine every night, or we and it's just like, okay, this we gotta stop this. This yeah. is not healthy. Like this is not. And so I really don't drink at all during the week anymore for the most part. Summer now makes it tougher because we're seeing people like doing more things during mm-hmm. the week outside. And of course it's nice, but um, there's actually a new um, location for a local non-alcoholic al- like liquor store called Lauren's, L-O-R-E-N-S. Yeah, I've heard of that and I'm not, again, because I'm, I'm just not drinking right, a ton of it. But for people who yeah. are also sober curious, as they say, like it's a good place to go like see a bunch of different brands i mean there's just so much more than i thought there ever was. and there because of the the focus on it like the, the product is getting better because yeah, of it thank goodness. um although the wine is time, still gross wine yeah is you know it's hard to translate but it's, especially things. i'm like a wine snob like you said beer yeah, yeah like if wine. you like a really good you know cabernet or mm-hmm. you know you know, some fancy Italian, like an Amarone or something like you cannot replicate yeah. that because of the process that it goes yeah. through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things have definitely gotten better in non-alcoholics. Um, there are now you and I have talked um, non-alcoholic cocktails out there and mixers and yeah. aperitifs. Oh, yeah, we've talked about Gia. Yeah, Gia. It's so expensive, but It is really so expensive, but it is so good to just, it's, because it's got that little bit yeah. of bitterness to it that, mm. that kind of, you have in a lot of cocktails, and I think it mixes really well with a wide variety of things. Yeah. Um, so it feels a little fancy. I should mix it to make it last longer, but I just love the taste of it so yeah. much. Yeah. I limit myself to one because I'm like, yeah. it's like $5 for like a yeah, little tiny can. Yeah, and they're small cans. Yeah, it's tough. Um, And then if you like the full-size like bottle of aperitif yeah. mixer, like it's it's like $60 yeah. or something. It's, it's expensive. But, you know, being realistic, like what's the real market for this? Like, if they're going to make a profit as a company, they have to charge a little bit more because yeah. they don't have the 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 demand the scale, yeah, to that, make the supply. Yeah, um, basic economics. Point. But yeah, makes um, sense. yeah, it's really really good. Makes you, and you can drink it anytime now because yeah. it's like, which I don't. I try to like make it. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a, a special. Like exactly. I try to like make it like a special thing right. to kind of replace that habit. Well, of, and you know, for me, that's how I treat like, you know a Coke or a Pepsi or something mm. of that nature. Like I used to do, like many kids in the eighties, you right. grow up Just drinking soda. That's yeah. what you do. It yeah. was because of the, of the marketing and things like, um, Coke, Pepsi, what have you's were, mm-hmm. that's what you drank. Um, now I hardly drink any, but it's more on like special occasions right. or, you know, maybe there's a new limited edition flavor and I'm curious about it. So we'll get one and mm-hmm. it'll take, three or four days to drink that 20 ounce. It's just, you know, I am at a point where I just prefer water. Yeah. Yeah. Look at my, I got my giant half gallon. I'm behind on my time right now. I have a, like a, it's a half gallon glass water bottle that has the, has the time on it. So I try to try to be better. But, um, I also said, I don't know if you follow Tracy Hunter, Indiana runner girl, but she always has a big fountain Coke after her long runs. And I've not ever done that, but I, I do like a fountain Coke, Usually it would be when I was hung, when I'm hungover, which thankfully she's, now she's a big fan much. of fountain cokes and Donato's pizza, as there I recall. Yeah, um, which again, high mileage runner, and I, I think those right. things are great, honestly, because they do contain things that you need to put back in your body. And if you look at some of this runner's nutrition, man, I'm a big fan of Tailwind, but just to do a Tailwind, if you weren't running, you would have to be crazy. Yeah. Because it's like 50 grams of, of sugar. sugar. Yeah. And then you do the recovery, and it's like pretty densely caloric. Yeah. And again, loads of sugar. But when you're an endurance athlete, right. it's, you, you need, need that. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole other topic. If you're interested in fuel, just hit Larry up on Instagram. Yeah. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Larry21COB. Okay. Um, I've go. had the same Instagram handle since I got the app, like, Short, like, I was an early adopter, like three yeah. months after Instagram launched. Yeah. I, I had it, and it was a really cool place to post pictures with right. a fun filter. Yeah, I love, um, yeah, I remember. And now, now it's a little now it's different. It is <laughs> just like to be successful, you have to post 
at least one video a week, God, a reel, yeah. and it's like, I, I just want to take a picture yeah, I just want to, and yeah. post it yeah. and maybe write three words about it. Yeah. Um, but th- those days are long gone. If yeah, you're not, if you're not in the the long caption game with your thirty hashtags, God. you're doing it wrong. Oh, it's hard. All right, um, two questions to wrap it up. Yeah. One is like mantra or song, and then I have a mantra that whether or not you know it, you've given me okay. that I use. So okay. what is your what is your favorite mantra or song? Mm, oh, I was talking about the hardest question. Um, Let's do a mantra because it plays very well into running punks, which is live fast, run slow. Okay. I like um, that. You know, your definition of living fast can be whatever you make it to be. For me, it's some punk rock music, tattoos, and colored hair. And I just absolutely love running slow, especially right now. I have no desire to run really fast. So, yeah. That's good. I like that. The one you gave me that you say a lot is it's not that deep. Okay. Which I feel like translates pretty well with, like, no one cares. Yeah. Like, I just really love that. You're like, it's not that deep. Like, it's just not, it's not just, that big a deal. Yeah, it's, it's not really... You're overthinking. Like, I think it's the perfect mantra for the overthinker, which I am. You know, I'm always in my head. It's like, it's not that deep. Just relax. Like. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's really not that deep. And <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> Everything we do right now, it's really not that deep. We've the only reason we have jobs is because we need money, and the only reason we need money is because we're don't get me started on late stage capitalism. But oh boy. Um, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, your job, yeah, it may stress you out, but it's just a job, and right. a lot of people get stuck in thinking Ugh. like. Guess what? There are other jobs out there. And I say that knowing full well that I spent, you know, a very long time at a job that was just draining and stressful mm-hmm. and didn't make me a good version of myself. Thinking that, well, I, I have to work. And, and it's that fear of trying to go out. But then when you realize like, it's really not that deep, it's just yeah. a job. There are other jobs out there. You yeah. know, they may not be the job that I want to do forever. But at the end of the day, if you really need something, there's plenty. There's yeah. plenty out there. Yeah. You just have to let things go a little bit. And, yeah. and maybe it's just a transitional period. But, yeah, I just I tend to not let things – I try, I say. Right. Well, you're um, human. I try not to let things bother me that much because it's really just not that deep. Yeah. It's not. That's so true. It's a really good one. I like well, it a lot. Thank you very you're much. Welcome. And then um, next finish line or milestone, which now we know July, three years sober. That's yep. a huge milestone. Yes. Um, I think for me, I still would love to have a sub two hour half marathon. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more mental for me than anything. And I know that I just I get to a point in running where I feel tired so why, like, I'm doing this for myself. I'm not going to win money or, right. you know, glory or anything. <laughs> I, you know, I, why am I going to push myself this hard? But I would still like to have a sub two hour half, you know, it's not, I, I could probably do it. It's just going to hurt a little yeah, bit. Right. And that's yeah. the thing that's like, I just, I'm yeah, not there right now. I'm yeah. not in that mindset. Again, right. I want to run slow. I want to enjoy it. There was yeah. a rainbow last night on my run. There was a rainbow last night. I saw it. I was actually yeah. waiting to find the rainbow because I knew it was rainbow weather. Yeah. So I finally did find it. Yeah. Yeah. That's special. And did I you just, get rained on on your run? No. It poured by my house. Okay. So it didn't rain at all by my house. Okay. Um, Weird. Yeah. It like very lightly sprinkled. Enough that... I diverted my run back home to bring in uh, the fire pit um, because when you spend stupid amount of money on the fancy fire pit, you don't want it to get rained on. Yeah. So, you have a solo stove, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I know it. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, it's great. It's just... It's also a burden because now you have to, you have this thing you have to take care of because you spent way too, <laughs> too much, much money, money on it. it. Oh, um, yeah. But um, so I went home and then, of course, it did nothing. If I had left that out, it would have poured. Right. That's and I how would it have works. been pissed. Yeah. Yeah. 
kind of like how you said, you know, right before we get ready to interview, you're like, somebody now, somebody needs me. Just how it works. It's true. This was so fun. I Thank you it. for doing this. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for making me part of the the, the first ten. Yes. Um, for you, I think this is spectacular. Um, That's nice. Thank you. Uh, I knew you, but I didn't know you, and so that first episode was awesome to me, just because I feel like I got to know you. Like I felt a little bad. I was like, why have I not sat down and talk to Allie more one-on-one. But it's tough when you're, the quote-unquote, the boss. Yeah. Um, I try to not get to know people too well because I don't want them to know me too well um, because it makes it tough to manage people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're, you're doing a great job. Thank you. I love I appreciate it. appreciate that, Larry. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And I hope you have a good weekend. And happy running. <laughs>